Okay, guess what? It is episode 10. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 10 of the podcast. I'm probably just as shocked as you are, maybe even more so. I definitely thought I would have quit by now. I knew, though, I knew one thing. I knew I would never run out of interesting people to interview, and I haven't. Episode 10, I was able to interview another person doing some interesting stuff, just being an interesting person. Her name is Sasha McBrayer. I'm 90% sure that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, Unfortunately, because of the awesome interviewer that I am, um, I didn't ask about how to pronounce her last name. It never came up in the interview. But I did ask her some questions about her creative works. She has written short stories. She's in the middle of writing a, a novel. She has done artwork. She has reviewed movies and pop culture. She's done, you know, a lot of really cool, interesting stuff. And the interview was a really cool, fun, interesting interview. And I hope, like I always do, that you enjoy the interview half as much as I did doing the interview. Because if you enjoy it just half as much, then um, you're going to have a blast. So uh, I don't want to do it, so I won't. So now that the adieus need no longer be furthered, let's, uh, let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I'm so sorry for being late. I was I almost I was almost gonna do this in the car, so the sound quality would have been just <laughs> real bad. Well, if you've heard my other podcast, you know I don't I'm not a sound engineer. Uh, <laughs> it would have no, been worse. I was worse. running late today too, so it worked out great. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, not cool because that means, <laughs> that means we are working late. Probably I was working yeah, late yeah. myself. I was like, Man, I hate that. I hate those fun days. Times. Yeah. Not no. Not fun at all. <laughs> and and I, I always try to make the best of it, but God. yeah. Well, you um, have to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's yeah. You're just miserable. Mm-hmm. I don't want mm-hmm. that. No. Um, usually, usually what I do for this, the, the I've done it like, what, nine times now? Are, are you the 10th or the 11th? Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they say that you, you don't hit your stride in podcasting until you've done like, I think 33 episodes. Oh my goodness. So I'll never hit my stride. <laughs> I don't, don't know. We'll, don't say we'll that. see. We'll see. Um, that just seems like so much. Oh my god! But I, I, <laughs> I want to. I want to do that many. I'd love to point back and be like, "Yeah, this is episode three hundred. <laughs> That'd be so great." Absolutely. Will it ever happen? I don't know. <laughs> I gotta warn you too, because I'm so great at editing. None of this is probably gonna be cut. This is probably all gonna make the cut. Oh great! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Why not? Let's just throw it all out there. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> this you're gonna be episode ten. You'll be sweet. 10. Yeah, so. The last one was pretty cool. Every time I'm like, so this is, hello? Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got disconnected there. I'm sorry. I think I know what happened there. I think my phone went to sleep. So Yours or mine, great. one of the two. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man. 
So I just kept talking and talking. <laughs> that was the best. Now this is going to be downhill from here. Oh, my gosh. We're gonna get... So what I usually do the last nine times, and that's happened before, <laughs> believe it or not, to me. <sighs> I've, lost the, I've lost the feed. Um, what I usually do is I let people introduce themselves. Okay. And um, I could do that, but I think I want to do something different because I have no format. Um, <laughs> what I'd like to do is I can tell you what I know about you, and then you can tell me all the parts that I'm wrong and still have to introduce yourself. Cause cool. Why not? So, so, so what do I know about Sasha? Um, I know you went on vacation just recently. Yes, I did. To Dollywood. Yes, I did. Was is Dollywood worth it? Absolutely. It I, w- I was so impressed, and I'm not really a summer person. I prefer mm-hmm. like fair, cool weather. So this is by no means <laughs> the time of year that I would have chosen to be hot, you know, in a theme park for hours. But I know a lot of people are into that. It's just not my <laughs> time of year. And it's hot now. It like we're breaking so records. Yeah, yes. you're break. We're breaking records. And I think it's a little cooler in Tennessee because of the altitude and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but for being peak season and tourists <laughs> everywhere, there are so many roller coasters. And the longest I waited was thirty minutes. And most of the big ones had no weight at all. Oh, man, we got to go now then because it was so fun. We've been to Gatlinburg uh, and we didn't go to tennis. We didn't go to Dollywood when we went mm-hmm. to Gatlinburg. We did the the strip there. Yeah. Like, and we did a couple shows where mm-hmm. they, you eat. <laughs> they, I love watching live anything. Oh, wow. And we listened to some music, but we didn't do Dollywood. So we're going to go back. We're going to go back anyway. So we'll. We'll definitely check that out. Really so, and it's worth it. it. It's totally yes. worth it. Yes. Worth the drive, worth the ticket. Okay. Totally. Awesome. So you're a fan. So I know you, <laughs> yes, I know you went on vacation <laughs> and I know that you're, we, I know you because you're Melissa's cousin. Yes. And I also know you because in, in the small town that we live in, Hinesville, you wrote, uh, I think you were like a contributor, but yes. you wrote like uh, reviews for like popular culture, like pop culture is what it seemed like to me. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not losing yet. (laughs) And and, um, I know you did, did you own your own business for a while? Briefly? Yes. So my bachelor's degree is in art and it's kind of been something I've just done all my life. When I think I won my first drawing competition at age five that's awesome and it's just something I've always done I don't know where it came from but I could always kind of look at something and then recreate it on paper and um I didn't hello uh hello Hello. <laughs> again. Hello again. Yeah. I, I'm hoping this works better. Maybe. Okay. But uh, so before we got um, cut off again for the second time. <laughs> so great. Um, 
you were saying that you you'd always been interested in art yes and, and comic books mm-hmm. and i guess i thought if i have to declare a major um i could probably d- be an anchor for comic books so let's stick with art it's something that i'm comfortable with right and i remember at the time um digital art was still really new so there were a lot of these traditional artists that knew anatomy and could draw musculature and understood shadows and gravity and they were just really upset that all these um People that knew computers could do things really fast and maybe didn't have the same background and understanding of, you know, putting the, the dimensions on paper. But they were doing all these really cool things. And there was this divide between um, people who were traditionally taught and people who could use a computer. Okay. And I remember thinking, well, you know, I draw on paper. So I'm going to side with these folks. And then part of the curriculum was the computer and art. Oh, nice. It took me Enemy. like a day and I completely fell in love with it. I completely just changed my mind. Oh, it's... <laughs> um, my stepson, uh, Shanna's boy, her oldest, yes. is taking um, animation part two this year he's in oh, high school wow. and he he loves it he'll always um send us some screenshots of, of stuff he's done mm-hmm. and it's so fun i always every time i see i like to talk to people who who like to create things mm-hmm. and the software that they have that makes it possible to bring something to life like a ball yeah. Or an inanimate object or a person, like an mm-hmm. avatar of a person. It's just so, that's so cool to watch that happen. Yes. Very exciting stuff. So you did, so that was, and so when you graduated from college, is that when you started, started your business, your graphic design business? Not right away. I, okay. um, I ended up working on Fort Stewart at the Fort Stewart Museum. All right. And one of my main responsibilities was designing exhibits there. And I got to learn a little bit of the history um, because we're the the unit that is stationed at Fort Stewart is the third infantry division. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's my job to present their history in a graphical format, but I had to learn it too. So that really opened a lot of doors for me on the base. Um, even though sometimes I felt a little out of my depth because I wasn't a history major. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it was presenting information in a visual format. Yeah. So you're going to do, do what you, what you love to do. kind of. Right. So I did that for a while and then I think it was around 2006, that I wanted to do more graphic design, um, designing logos, business cards, things like that. So I just started my own LLC and I did that for, for many years until my full-time job got to be too much. Mm-hmm. So then, then you, uh, you closed up the LLC and <laughs> started working full-time, right? Yes. 
that and that's not uncommon for people working in their passions because passions don't often pay as much as no. like yeah that's something that they don't and you know you end up doing everything you're yes. doing the billing you're delivering things it's you're wearing all these hats and it's very time consuming i know i worked um I used to work at, at, at Gulfstream, and when I worked there, I, I, I always had this rom- romantic dream of mm. owning my own like bar, and mm. uh, spoke to some of the, and I actually looked into it when I got laid off from Gulfstream. Mm-hmm. I spoke to people who own their own bars, and that was the number one complaint was like, they didn't just make drinks. He said, You're, mm-hmm. you install the software for your point of sale. You're doing the books. Mm-hmm. You're, you're covering for all the shifts that don't show up. You're doing the ordering because you don't have the the resources. Exactly. The you you and if this is if this is how you're you're paying the bills, it has to get done. Right. So, I mean, we worked late today at work, but imagine if all you're doing is work. Right. Get that way. So that's one of the things they don't tell you about. No. <laughs> passion. But this guy was, was, and my passion really wasn't owning a bar, I don't think, either. After I started to really look into it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but maybe that's not what I'm necessarily passionate about. I'm not really big on. So I don't, I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what my passion is. <laughs> I like to learn as much as I can. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy pop culture. I can, I, especially the more, nerdy uh geeky stuff with pop culture i grew up reading comic books i still have comic books mailed to the house shanna loves that she oh. it, I, have, I have like three boxes of comic books that she's so happy that's fantastic they exist, they exist you know it's so hard but, to store them it is it is <laughs> that, that's part of the well and a friend of mine is a big comic book fan too and he i also have the app so i can read them on my mm. ipad but i like to have the the yes. actual book. It's a it's a piece of artwork, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm I'm like that. It's uh we it's like having the artifact. You have to have yes, it and touch exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So but and so I don't like I couldn't tell you exactly what um I'm honestly I don't know what I'm passionate <laughs> about. But um I I do like but it seems like you're passionate about art and and culture. Is yes. That, that'd be fair. Okay. And so storytelling. And st- yes, and I that was gonna I was gonna get to that too. You've written a few stories too, right? I have written a few and I have about eight that have been professionally published. I didn't see I didn't know that it was eight that were professional. So so let me see. If I go on Amazon, would I be able to I, <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I, I think so. Oh, that is so cool. See that's that's a, see, that's something I didn't know. Yes. But you could fill volumes. Of that. <laughs> let's see. Um, that's so neat. I'm in front of my computer now. If we can. But uh, so with so you are, I know um, I was told uh, that somebody who who creates somebody's an artist, if they create something that elicits an emotion from um from a person that sound accurate that's, that's fair that's fair okay so so you might would you consider yourself an artist uh maybe sure okay cool and um i know that you're you're currently working 
mm-hmm. on Fort Stewart, yes. it's it's an office job, right? It is. Okay. And but it, that's I interviewed Judy Mills. She is um, one of the founders of the Liberty County Melting Pot of Art. Yes. And one of her, and that, that place, that's an amazing collective, really. And they're artists that, so in the, if you, you've been to the Liberty County Jailhouse, right? Where yes. They, but the, and they have the, the art that they have there, like almost all the artists that are in that collective, like they have other jobs that they do during mm-hmm. the day that aren't like artist type of jobs so it's not and that was one of the things that she um that she that was her advice to to anyone that's that has a passion like <laughs> art is not to give up but because right. she she said she put hers on hold for years because she was raising a family mm-hmm. and running a small business and didn't really have time to do it like she's doing now and that uh but she said you should never like quit or right. give up, you know, because she said you rob yourself of that joy that you have and that other people might have when they see your work. Absolutely. You know? So I think that's there's a lot to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking now. I found some of the some <laughs> of the works here. So this is pretty incredible. I know there was a short story. I don't know if I see it in here that you wrote about a, was it zombies in an office place or something like that? Um, the, there's one loosely based on my time at the museum Mm -hmm. and it's about, (laughs) it's about how much do I give away? Um, it's called, (laughs) it's called horror museum. Yes. Yeah. I remember that one. And it's about, there's an opening at the small military museum for a historian and the army often the army system will often have to do phone interviews because people can be, you know, all over the world. Actually, we have um, GS positions in Italy and Korea, Germany. So some of your candidates may not be local. And this has actually happened where we um, at the Fort Stewart museum hired someone based on maybe two or three phone interviews and when the person showed up, it wasn't quite, they weren't quite who we were expecting in person. Right. That's so funny. that's kind of what the story is about. And it takes a, a very science fiction turn. Yes, there it is. I found it. I found it in my, uh, in, in my uh, cart. Well, not my cart, in my previous orders. Gotcha. So that was, was that? From 2013, did you do that? In that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. See, um, uh, I I like that one. That was a great. Thank like, you. Yeah. So, I did the Kindle edition. I know, and is that that's something too that I think if people for self-published people mm-hmm. I know that the author gets more money if you buy the Kindle edition instead of the the paperback or hardback. I didn't know that that until. Uh, a friend of mine wrote a book and he was explaining that mm. that so I think that's that's kind of interesting uh, I like having hardback but then I have a lot of books that I've taken to the library here at uh, Fort Stewart that oh just, that's great they're, they're never going to get read again by us mm-hmm. so I just took boxes and boxes there because we just don't have enough space for them right but um, one of my I don't know I don't know if he's 
an author I've been reading more of lately. Two of them have been Max Berry. Have you ever heard of Max Berry? No. He writes a lot of satire. Okay. Uh, fictional works. Mm-hmm. And another one is Rob Bell. He's he's more of a now Rob Bell is his his is more like a spiritual type of books. Oh okay. Those are two I've been reading more of lately. I, I really enjoy those writers. Um. So you you're you do the art, the actual you can draw, you can do the the design on the computer as well. Have you built any websites when you were doing the design or? I, I have, I, it used to be something that I offered to customers, mm-hmm. but what happens as you probably know better than me is that anything tech has this steep, it's just constantly changing. And oh, yeah. the curve is, if, is. You, if you <laughs> wait just six months, you'll be behind on. So I did more of a classical website design and then everybody right when I kind of had to focus on my full-time job people were asking for flash animation they were asking for um, a secure um, online checkout and it was just getting more and more complicated and it it almost felt like okay I need I need to take more classes now to keep up yeah and that's when the you kind of have to make you know, a decision, like, do I want to, like, risk everything mm. and, and dive into this right? This hobby? Is it a hobby or is it going to become my profession? Right. And becoming your profession isn't always the ideal answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, especially when you have, like, I have to get this much money to get by. Right. So, like, you're like, I understand that 100%. I was also finding a lot of the customers that wanted a web presence, they had their own business, and then they were wanting constant updates. Mm, That is, that is like being on call 24-7. Like, yeah, I I just, I don't know how, it wasn't feasible for one person. No, yeah, I can't. That's, and, and if the, um, if the funding isn't there to support you doing that, right. uh, you can't do it, you right. know? So that's, that's something when, when people talk about turning passion into like hmm. um, profits, mm-hmm. it's not, it, it is doable, but it, it has to be planned out. And like you said, you are the accountant. You're <laughs> the, the, sometimes you're the funding to begin with and right. the key- keep it stable and to keep doing that it can be it can take a toll advertising just getting your name out there on social media that's like a full-time job by itself yeah Yeah, there's a what's it i think they call it seo the the you can you can have someone who's in charge of your online your online presence Mm -hmm. um a friend of mine ben that he used to do that for an attorney's office that was his oh wow yeah, he was there. He was in charge of their SEO. And what's funny is that those jobs, because they don't seem like you should have to pay someone to do that full time. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll they'll let that person go, and then they'll see they can <laughs> see the sales drop. And they're like, "What happened?" And they're like, "Well, you let go of the person that was generating most of these sales for you." Exactly. It wasn't the traditional salesperson. It was this person that got you in the higher Google search rank mm-hmm. that had you 
on all the banner ads on yep. all the websites that made you um, relevant on all the <laughs> social media channels. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's there's new ones all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I use Facebook, but I'm old. So <laughs> I think even Instagram is old now. Yeah, yeah. It's just Twitter, Twitter, Snapchat, and uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. And even I think even TikTok's becoming maybe not as relevant as it as it was when mm-hmm. it started. So I'm not I'm not sure what the next one's going to be. To be honest with you, I, who knows? What's the prediction? On episode 10, <laughs> it's going to be Yiki Yak. Everybody wants Yiki Yak, don't talk back. With yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. So that's, so do you still, um, do you still write and, and uh, make art in your spare time? I find myself drawing less um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that I, know why per se other than a dream that i have is to traditionally publish a novel okay so that can be quite time consuming oh yeah and um i guess it just seems like you know if i'm not playing a video game or reading a book then i'm adding to this never-ending manuscript so um and your infinite jest. Yes. Infinite jest, yeah. It's such a time-consuming pro- uh, process. So. Now, when you say tra- to traditionally publish a novel, are you meaning that, so you want to finish the manuscript, submit it to a publisher, and have them? Traditionally, there's an extra step. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to go that way, but most, like if you walk into a Barnes & Noble, most of the books that you see on the shelf, um, first the author finished a draft of the book and felt maybe they had a friend read it, um, but they felt strongly enough about it that they pitched it to a literary agent. Mm -hmm. And that can take years where you're just, um, they all, it's, it's rather daunting. They all have, they're not very approachable people. Um, because everybody has written a novel. So everybody wants to <laughs> approach them with this great idea. Well, yeah, I'm sure everybody comes to them with an, a, kind of an agenda almost. Yes. Yeah. So they have, if you visit one of their websites, each one has this very specific like soup Nazi way in which like I'm open um, for six months of the year. You have to email me. I don't accept attachments. Um you need to tell me in 250 words what your book is about. And if you don't catch my attention in three seconds, I hit no. Wow. So that's sort of their elevate. You have to elevator pitch them this book that could be 500 pages long. In less- yes. Okay. In about 250 words. Good night. Okay. It is. It's an art. In fact, it's harder to write that 250 word pitch than it is to write the novel because every word has to have a purpose. It has to be riveting and they read them all day long or some of them will have a day of the week or a couple days of the week where they just, they call it the slush pile mm-hmm. and it's just their inbox filled with, and you got to think, you know, cause I got into publishing in 2009 
And I go back and read some of my work and it's dreadful. And I was pitching this to agents. Right. So they get this smorgasbord of really dreadful to really wonderful. And even the really wonderful, like literary writing, it might not have a market. Right. It might be niche or something where they don't think they can sell it. Because at the end of the day, they don't just need to love your writing. They need to go, oh, I can sell that because the agent makes 15%. Wow. It's just this whole world. And if you get into it, because I'm very much self-taught. I just started researching, okay, what does the agent want? What are successful um, blurbs that... So if you're lucky and an author has a blog or, or is on Twitter, they'll often share with people like me um, the blurb that, that won their agent, the 250-word blurb that won. So this is a successful one. So you need to copy this format, basically. Okay. And then occasionally there are Twitter events where for 24 hours, agents around the world um, looking to publish a particular genre will be online and you just put hashtag whatever it is and they'll be reading them and that we're talking a tweet so it in the space of a tweet I have to catch your attention yeah so that's that's I just I feel anxiety just it's awful it's just (laughs) awful but this is what you've been trying to yes this is the world you're entering since about oh nine i've just tried to learn as much as i can about it and um the the hard thing for me i'm a short story writer so Mm -hmm. i often have trouble finishing longer works um you have to get the plot to wrap all together with this neat bow Um, I found that it does help when I have like accountability partners or people that will exchange chapters with me. Um, I've, I've met people along the way that have ended up being very successful and kind of, you, you start to compare yourself to that person. And now that they're published and they have an agent and they're working on the sequel, they don't have as much time for you. Um, So it's, it's, it's a tough industry. You're constantly inundated with rejection for every short. So I've got eight published short stories for every one that was published. I probably have 12 to 15 rejections. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy. That this whole world, like I said, I just feel, I feel <laughs> right now just hearing this. Cause I, I did um, for, have you heard of the national write a novel in a month? Absolutely. I yes. love that. I did that. I, I had so much fun doing that. But there was no anxiety for me because I didn't care. Right. Get 60,000 words in 30 days in some type of, and I I self-published it on Amazon and done. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I don't care if anyone reads it. Awesome. I did it, right? I want to do it. So, like, but just doing that was kind of like a job. It was like a job. Oh, yeah. Every day during November, I would sit down in front of my uh, computer and I'm like, okay, I got to do 2,000 words today, at least. 
And if I felt a thread going, I'd be like, well, I'm going to keep going because I got time. Yes. And, and the character is doing stuff <laughs> because he wasn't doing anything. You yesterday. should be really proud because if I'm not mistaken, Stephen King writes 2,000 words a day. Is that right? Yes. So you're just as good as Stephen King. Well, only for one month, though. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> and the story was kind of... <laughs> I, I imagine there's no market for it. It's like a political thriller. Ooh. That's what I wrote. Awesome. Because so, I, I find that real interesting for some yeah. reason. But, and this was before the whole um, January 6th thing. This is years and years ago. Mm. Um, I always found that that arena to be quite interesting, you know? Yeah. Especially in the United States. Because I love how, and we, I think people in, in the United States do this with everything. We're like, we're not like the other countries. <laughs> and it's like, really? Really? You don't think it's the same here <laughs> the whole, around the world? Right. No, not at all. But it is. We're, we're just like them. We just, we just speak English here when we do. Mm-hmm. When we're terrible in the government. <laughs> and it's bad local and yep. Rural, you know? Every, yep. But uh, no, like I had no, if I had to pitch this, oh God, I have no clue how I do that. What? <laughs> there's no way it wouldn't but i want to i want to write again I did, absolutely yeah i do want to do it again in november try try because i have some other ideas everybody likes this because we're by nature i think human beings are storytellers absolutely right? it's it that's why i think some of the best school teachers engage the kids or their students through stories not as much as just facts like mm-hmm. facts no, you can tell if you tell a story about what happened, then yes, are more apt to remember that. We do, we do remember through like recognition as opposed to remember through repetition. I think mm-hmm. so. So, everybody, I think, like you said, everyone has a story, everyone has that million dollar idea, it's just manifesting it and making it happen, and then. To the like you said tra- to get it traditionally published, that's going to be that's huge. I wish you luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. And you want to do a novel now, huh? Yes. A short story. Okay. So what? Uh, can you say what your novel is about? What what it's uh, what your story? Oh my gosh, the one that I'm working on now is uh, <laughs> it's kind of a. Have you been watching, um, I knew that I would do this, I would forget. Um, there's a Netflix series that's set, Ozark. Have you, Ozark. <laughs> are you following I, Ozark? I saw the first season. So I, I like uh, Jason Bateman. Yes, but I me like, too. I like the Arrested Development Jason Bateman. Oh, this yeah. is like the serious better, Jason Bateman better. in Ozark. <laughs> and I, I watched- I'm not up to date. I watched a couple episodes of the first season, but the idea that I've had knocking around for a little while is like a young adult version of Ozark. Oh, wow. So it's a a high school student whose father is killed in an accident and she finds out that it wasn't an accident. Okay. Okay. And it's kind of set in Appalachia, so it's got an Ozark vibe to it. Mm. Yeah, because I know, because the Ozark, that show was real dark. Yeah. Supposed to be. <laughs> yeah he's like, the first, what was the first episode, this is spoiler alert here, 
Like they just kill his partner. Yes. His accountant partner. Like these drug dealers don't play. Yeah. Like, wow. No. I think I watched the first season. Okay. And then I was like, man, if I keep watching this show, I'm gonna get depressed. Like it listened emotions in me. They were depression. And it's so like his his relationship with his wife is on rocks and the kids are miserable. Yes. And he can't tell them why he moved them because he moved them because, hey, I'm running away from drug dealers that want to kill all of us. Right. And then he finally breaks down in one of the episodes uh, and and lets them know that I'm dealing with, like, we're here because drug dealers are going to kill us. And these mm-hmm. are the guys that weigh trucks full of money. And if the weight isn't right, they shoot the driver of the truck right. to kill all of us, guys. And you got to play ball. Yay. Yeah, he has that breakdown part. That's great. You definitely got to have your your antagonist breakdown in your book. That's yes. always fun. It's always fun to listen to or watch someone just have a complete mental breakdown. I love that. I love seeing that happen. Like in real life or on TV, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's just, Pretty just, much. You can just sit there and get popcorn. And <laughs> remember everything is bad in your life too it's not just one thing right that's terrible i shouldn't feel that way <laughs> it's just so because that's the other thing we, we like to do too is we like to create you know systems even within our own lives and when these systems break down we're like we're unanchored we're oh yeah that's Definitely. so great to see that happen so but um, so this would be now I, I, ta- I texted you before this, like we've been trying to get this interview for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell by the quality of the, of the interview that this has been in the work for quite some time. Yes. But you, you mentioned that you would would be able to read a little bit of one of your stories. Is that still something that you can do that you want to do? Oh, I'm not prepared to read it. But you that, are. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds great. Let me get. Boy, yeah, this is unprofessional, but I might no, be able no. to get to a place where I can read it. Because I know uh, this will be a first too for um, for the podcast. Yeah, so, that's exciting. I, I'm sorry I'm that I wasn't prepared. <laughs> no, don't worry, you're good. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm totally not prepared ever. <laughs> Let me pull it up on my computer here. Awesome. Don't see, isn't it awesome? <laughs> I was trying to explain to the kids that like the internet was not always here, you know. So, <laughs> I what think, do you mean? Yeah, what, what is that? I know. I, I, you remember when David Letterman was a host, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I found a clip where Letterman is interviewing Bill Gates about email, and Letterman makes fun of email. <laughs> with Bill Gates like hey you know, wow. and he makes fun of the internet too the internet and email and I was like I need to show this to the kids <laughs> next time I talk to them because they just don't understand like the internet has always been here for them right so they're like what do you mean like no, like what do you what did you use a computer for like I remember when because I I have always programmed well not always but I've been in programming for a while now mm-hmm. I remember when there were like programs were written for the computer like you da- you installed the application and it just stayed on the computer and it never oh, wow. connected, never connected to the internet. And then I remember when we started writing applications for the servers and the computer would connect to that. That was like a game changer for 
what your computer at your house could do as long as it had a good internet connection, oh you know? Oh, my gosh. We've come so far. Oh, I know. I was just thinking about that when you said you were looking it up on your computer. <laughs> so, so much easier than, like, let me see if I can look through all these yes. books. Yeah. So, I've got it up. Um, and the way I pitched it to you mm-hmm. is that I wrote this the February before the pandemic. Not knowing that yes. would, it's this about is, a pandemic. Yeah, I, love this. I love this story too. <laughs> so if anybody doesn't like it, that's listening. Any of my two listeners, like, they're crazy. <laughs> this is a great, this is a great short story. Thank so. you. Not to oversell it. No, I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> if they don't like it, you obviously read it wrong. I, yeah, that's what it is. It's my voice, not yep. not the writing. My voice. Oh. Uh... So, if you want to get started with that, with that opening, go ahead. Fire All right. Up. This is called Spilled Fragments of Moonlight. 30 million wild deer live in North America. They are most active at dusk and dawn and at night. Having just worked a double shift, Meg could barely keep her eyes open. Dr. Gillum knew asking Meg to stay at the hospital so long had been unreasonable dangerous even. But Dr. Gillum had also known Meg would say yes when other doctors would have just laughed. To be fair, it hadn't been the inhumanly long shift that would kill her. It was the drive home. No one drove at night, not anymore. Ordinarily, when a hospital worker missed the last bit of daylight, dashing their chances of leaving the complex safely, they just hunkered down and found a corner to rest. Meg could catch a catnap in the cafeteria or in waiting room seven. Spare bebs were a rarity these days. Continent-wide pandemics had that effect on hospitals. However, ordinarily Meg's husband, Drew, wasn't sending 911 texts, begging her to come home and to come home now and to bring more insulin. Calling him back went straight to voicemail. Meg envisioned the long, dark road stretched out between them, the night sparking with dozens of pairs of golden eyes, glowing and lethal, dark horns black against the gloom of night. Hooved death. What had she done? What had she been thinking working a double under such impossible circumstances? As she was contemplating just how to get another package of insulin home to her husband in the middle of the night, the double doors at the end of the bay crashed open and a rolling gurney rattled through pushed by a porter and accompanied by members of the crash team. We've got another one, Dr. Suresh. AWD, it's confirmed. Meg looked from the nurse calling out the patient's vitals to the young woman strapped to the gurney. Meg's training and her loyalty to the sick kicked in, but only momentarily. One of the staff pressed gauze against a bite wound on the young patient's shoulder shoulder to staunch the bleeding. Meg fought the impulse to peek beneath the dressing to see how bad it was, and instead waved the team forward, urging them to continue toward the ER. Dr. Fernandez is on shift, she said warily. Keep going, hurry. As they continued past her, the victim's wild bloodshot eyes followed Meg, the way a creepy painting watched an observer. The patient began shrieking, fighting against her binds. Her skin was the color of curdled cream. Acute wasting disease, unmistakable, passed to the victim through a bite from a carrier a victim who'd foolishly been caught out of doors at night. Just the activity Meg was contemplating now. 
Ta-da! There it is. See that? That was great. I love that. Now, is, is this the? Is this a short story, or is this part of a bigger? This is a short story, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were talking about having a day job and then having an, a creative outlet. Right. Uh, because I work with soldiers, sometimes they want to do 24-hour operations, which means that instead of my normal work day, the whole staff is put on shifts. And sometimes I'm the unlucky person that's on midnight shift. Right. <laughs> and driving in Georgia at night is just to me it's terrifying oh yeah <laughs> my, uh, you see all my, these deer yeah my wife uh is on second shift now and she'll just t- she'll tell me all the time like i saw deer here and i saw deer here and they, there were two deer that crossed the road there Ugh. the neighborhood that we live in she's like i know <laughs> what's funny is like i'll take the dog for a, a w-a-l-k i won't say the word <laughs> with me he's my he's my podcast buddy <laughs> But um, and he'll stop in this those places most of the time. I'm not lying, and smell like more than usual. Mm-hmm. I bet he can tell that yep. those those guys were hanging out around here. Yep. In this area, but yeah, it is. It's it's lousy with uh, deer here. We're we're bad. <laughs> like, so I I need I needed an outlet to express how frustrating and scary it is <laughs> to be on a shift. You know, you're sleepy. Yeah. And then it's dark and there's every possibility that you're going to hit a deer. Oh, <laughs> Luckily yeah. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, if you, yeah, it's crazy. Cause they're there and they aren't, it's hard to judge whether they're going to dart you across. You have no the idea what is going <laughs> on in those little brains. Yeah. Like um, I do have to say that the illness that the deer in my story have is mm-hmm. real. Yeah, I looked that up. <laughs> like, Which is extra terrifying. I was like, that's so great. One more thing to worry about. <laughs> COVID, monkeypox, <laughs> deer that can make you sick. That's great. That's great. So I, I got to tell you, though, like the story was great because I'm like, what about her husband? She just hasn't gotten home to him yet either. Like this poor guy is probably done. He's probably laid out. Hopefully he called 911. Hopefully. Think, but maybe he's like, I don't need to. My wife is. She didn't, so and she got stuck taking care of other people, you know. <laughs> so it plays on a lot of those anxieties too. Yes, it's like like getting like trying to get home from work mm-hmm. at the right time too, like the end of your shift, or mm-hmm. you know, it does. That's a great. I like the. You were talking about technology. What if your cell phone suddenly didn't work? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're just you're dead in the water there. Mm-hmm. That so I I liked it. I thought it was great. Thank that you. Too. Thank you for doing that. And that was a first. That's the first awesome that on the podcast. And um, so usually what I do too when I interview because I'm so good at it. No, not, <laughs> but I ask people if they were going to give some some people in a similar situation like a younger person too i think of a lot of times advice what would that advice be so somebody somebody was like say they were a writer or artist 
and they were like, I just can't find enough time in the day. You know, mm. what should I do? What would you, what advice would you give them? I, I really find myself reflecting a lot lately that on the idea that nothing is wasted. Okay. Um, whatever experience you're going through, stories that you wrote that didn't pan out. If you're like me, you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't untie the knot that you had tied with the plot, things like that. Um, even if it's just the experience, it, it grows you. It will be valuable to you. It's in your back pocket. Um, and I really like, I, I'm seeing that more now that I'm getting a little older, mm-hmm. that it all, it all makes sense. Like um, when I graduated from art school, no one had taken the time to tell me that SCAD was the big school that would get most of the art jobs in this area. Right. And so I found myself going on interview after interview, and it didn't matter how well I did because I didn't have the right school on my uh, resume. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I ended up working at PetSmart. I had a bachelor's degree in art and I was working at PetSmart for about nine months. That feels, that felt great. <laughs> Cleaning <laughs> poo in all thing. its various Best forms. Cleaning <laughs> cages, you know, disposing of unfortunate deaths. Um, it was a really difficult time for me. It wasn't what I had pictured for myself, but now, as I go to other interviews, as I move up the ladder where I work, that taught me customer service in a way that is kind of indelible. It's coded into me now. And you, I mean, I never knew, I never would have imagined that my customer service from PetSmart would pay off in like a corporate job, but it absolutely does. Oh, yeah. But, and like you said, nothing, I love that, that, uh, that mindset that nothing mm-hmm. nothing is really wasted and uh even if you <laughs> I mean, it could be this is gonna sound horrible but <laughs> it would have approached that job differently um and w- with an attitude that i'm not gonna learn from it right even that wouldn't have been wasted that would have affected your customer service <laughs> yes it would that's, that's something that that's something that's like it's like um, I heard a story about a guy who said, uh, you know, I can't remember all the lessons I've been taught, but it's like eating where <laughs> you, I can't remember all the meals I've ate, but they all nourished me. Exactly. They all fed me in a certain way. And I ate junk food, too. So that's <laughs> me too so. Exactly. So, yeah. So you that's that's great advice, actually. That's that's really good advice. It's like whatever you're doing, you know, don't consider it wasted exactly time. yeah because it's it's honestly not it's going to do something to you and it can be good or bad mm-hmm. if you do what you're doing in a good way then it's going to probably be good but if you do what you're doing in a bad way <laughs> it's probably not going to be great absolutely thank you thank you for that advice thanks for the story i could talk for hours i think we're at like 46 <laughs> minutes but i don't want to do that to you that would be wasted time. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to try to edit this together and we had our, our miss starts there in the beginning and that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for me. I'm but so I'll, I'll get it done. No, don't worry. That was, 
I think that that was on me. Like, I don't know what's going on. And uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun. I I look forward to your your novel getting published. Oh, and I know. You. So do you know there is this woman? Um, her she's a she was a talk show host. She retired. Her name's Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> She's like she's like the queen of everything, the queen of the world. I have heard that name. You've heard that name, yeah. Like what? <laughs> but she was in a movie. This this movie. It was a long time ago called The Color Purple. Yes. Okay. It was it was produced by this guy named Steven Spielberg. Yes. But did you know that she told Steven Spielberg when she was in that movie, like I I she was, th- I think she was just really known in Chicago then. Mm-hmm. She had a talk show in Chicago. She's like, I'm going to be pretty big. When I get my big talk show, will you come on it? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Whatever. So I'll, I'm going to be a big podcaster someday. Yes. When I, and you're going to get that novel published. 100%. You come back on my uh, show. I will. You will be my first media stop for sure. That would be so great. That would be. <laughs> I would uh, love that. I'm writing this day, this day now. So we'll know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, let's let's make let's that will be a future, a future appointment right there. Yes. For you. So when when you're on your your book tour, like I wanna I wanna make sure you pencil me in there. I, I don't wanna, will. You're like I'm too busy. <laughs> no, I'm at, I am like, not the gonna last do book that. In America, because they're all closing <laughs> up. Which I don't know if they are closing up or not. I think they're just changing shape. I don't mm. think they're. I don't know. A lot of them is closed up. Let's not yeah. get that. But I think they're they're turning it to something different. I'm not sure what. I don't know if it's good or bad, but <laughs> I'll still love reading. Yeah, folks like us who love print as print is dying. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's dying, yeah. I'm, I'm, what's so funny, too, is right now, me more than Shanna, like Shanna will watch it with me when she's not working, but I've been binge watching um, The Office on uh. Peacock. <laughs> so so the paper, the paper industry is dying. Yeah. It's got, but you know what? People still print a whole bunch. It's like, true. I'm like, where? Why are you printing? Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> and I like reading books. Like, when people are at work and print something out, I'm like, what is this? The paper. Like, you could have sent me an email. Exactly. Uh, you could have sent me an instant message. <laughs> I think it's just a habit now. It is. It is a habit. They're like, oh, I printed it out so you can have it. <laughs> yeah, but you could have sent it out. No, it's not happening. <laughs> but um, so I don't know if the bookstores are dead or not yet. I think they're still here. I mean, I know they're still here because there's one in Savannah. Mm-hmm. I think that, but I don't know how full it is. When's the last <laughs> I don't know. All the books I do, I, I I hate to say, it, but I order them on Amazon. Yeah. But do you? So you like to read, right? Absolutely. Do you use? There's an app called Goodreads. I do. I'm too. obsessive I with it. <laughs> I will like, update hey. the page number. Me too. <laughs> I have my challenge. I want to read this many books this year. Yes. Oh, we got to be friends on Absolutely. Send your request. <laughs> that's so funny because that's that's a great app. For I me. love that app. It's uh yeah, and then you can see how poorly of a reader I am. Like, <laughs> Ten books this year. What's wrong with? Oddly me? enough, I read very slowly. Me too. I always feel the need to apologize for it, but you know, as long as I'm doing it and it's very informative for writing. You I don't think anyone should endeavor to write without reading. 
okay see there you go so next time when i do the national the novel in a month which i do want to yeah. do this december i want to do it again i'm going to keep that in mind because yes. i was i read so much i'm practicing for my next absolutely my next great <laughs> my great american novel it's going to be i don't know what it's going to be about i have so many different ideas but um who knows <laughs> But I, I I can't wait to get this published though. Thank you for doing this interview. Thank you. I'm sorry that I was all over the map there. No, it was great. It's a winding river. <laughs> there is no end to it either. It's so a journey. That being no end. Let's make this the end. Okay, have I lied to you yet? That was an amazing interview. Um, Sasha is super interesting and i'm i am really going to hold her feet to the fire when her work gets published when it gets traditionally published and uh, i'm going to have her back on I, I plan on continuing to do this uh podcasting even if i'm not doing it on a regular basis i'm gonna i'm gonna do a special podcast bring myself out of retirement because i know she will she will get published. I mean, you heard what she read. Chills, chills, right? Just incredible, just amazing. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm not the best interviewer, so the podcast might change its format. I might have to do something different or get better at interviewing people. Um, if I don't get better at interviewing people, I'm thinking about going into like maybe ASMR podcasting. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a preview okay you know what i don't i don't think the asmr thing is gonna work. Wait, wait a minute let me see Yeah, no, no, I don't think that's doing it. I think I'm just going to have to learn to interview better. So bear with me. And uh, together, this podcast, is it can be something real special. All right. I appreciate any feedback that anyone has. And uh, I appreciate everyone listening. Till uh, episode 11. Bye. <laughs>